Welcome back, everybody, to Your Creativity. It's another Monday Zoom interview. Um, I've got a special guest host today with me. Grant Agard is returning to the podcast as a guest host. How are you, Grant? I'm doing just fine, Dylan. Great. Awesome. Happy to have you. Um, the reason I included Grant is um, he's, he is an amputee, and it ties into our guest today. Um, our guest is Derek Campana. Did I say that right, Derek? You said it right. You're the only one that ever said it, said it right. Oh, great. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I've got a last name that gets messed up a lot. So <laughs> I, I always try to be cautious of that. Um, Very and good. you are from BYU TV's uh, Wizard of Paws. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about the show and how it started. Uh, the show's awesome. We're, you know, we just finished um, filming season two and um, you know, I travel across the country, around the world, uh, to help special needs animals, animals that have lost legs, need braces, need prosthetics. And uh, I have a mobile limb lab, so I get to drive my lab cross country all over the place and actually meet these animals, meet these families, and make the families whole again by making these uh, animals able to walk, sometimes for the first time. Oh, wow. And, and you, yeah. uh, behind you in the video, you've got two different uh sizes behind you one is <laughs> very big um i assume it's for uh elephants tell us about doing yeah I, yeah they're both actually really big but just yeah, one's but... a lot bigger uh <laughs> one's for an elephant so i traveled to africa a couple of years ago in botswana and made this brace for an elephant named jabu and this is a leg brace for a cow um, I traveled to London and helped um, that cow out. So, yeah, big, small, all different species. Um, I've worked on so many different animals, probably about 35,000 animals to date. And uh, it's just an amazing field. And there's only about 15 to 20 people in the world that do it. And what, what's the smallest compared to biggest? Well, elephant's probably the biggest, but. Um, yeah, I mean, these five, six ton uh, bull elephants are huge, but then you're talking you know, two to three pounds, uh, teacup chihuahuas. We make little cranial, um, protective helmets for, I work with birds, ducks, uh, geese, you know, things like that. So those are really tiny. And sometimes the really tiny ones are a lot harder than the huge ones here because there's such little surface area. And if you know, you're off by a millimeter on the big guy, you're fine. If you're off by a millimeter on the small ones, you're not so fine. So, uh, yes, yeah, smaller can be a lot harder than bigger. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, the first episode, the, the duck is my favorite one because it's just this little, <laughs> this little foot. I, I just thought it was amazing. Yeah. But but you didn't yeah. you didn't start with animals. You started um, working with humans, like like Grant. Tell us tell us about your journey with humans and. Yeah, I, I started working. Uh, so I went to Penn State uh, for kinesiology and biomechanics, and I was working doing uh, this NASA funded project doing zero gravity locomotion simulation. And I was building all these things working in a shop, like first time ever doing any of those things. And I really took interest to it. And I, I found out that I was actually making braces. And so I, I looked up and I found that there's a, an industry in orthotics and prosthetics. So I went to 
Washington DC where I had a friend in the prosthetics field and I shadowed him and he was fitting one of the first uh, computerized legs out there. And I knew after seeing that it was something I wanted to do, you know, using my hands to build and helping people with the device you build, you know, you couldn't get much better. So it was just really cool. So then I went to Northwestern University uh, Medical School for Orthotics and Prosthetics. I became a practitioner. I was working in that industry for a couple of years when a veterinarian brought her dog, a black lab named Charles, who had a, a part of his front leg missing. And I built a prosthesis for that dog. And I, you know, I saw such joy. I didn't only help the dog, but I helped the, the owner and the family. And, um, you know, from there, I started looking around to see if there's anybody in the world who had a company building animal prosthetics. And there was only like one or two people just a couple months before me that um, started a business. So I started my first business in 2005 in animal prosthetics. And I slowly um, built that business up, learned along the way because you know, veterinary prosthetics is a lot different than human prosthetics. So that was all self-taught. I couldn't just take a textbook off the shelf and say, hey, how do I build a, a goose leg or a, an elephant leg? And um, so all that part of it was self-taught. And, uh, you know, just over the years, I've developed the skills and um, now I'm, I'm seeing animals worldwide. Awesome. Grant, did you have any questions for him? Um, yeah. When, when you, I'm a right below me amputee, and then I also wear a crow boot too. So, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that I always confused me when, when I first got in the industry. Everyone's like, I keep saying bologna, bologna. I'm like, why are you talking about sandwiches, sandwich meat? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, bologna, I get it. So, yeah, uh, just to clear that up for everybody, he's saying bologna, not bologna. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it brings to mind a funny uh, meme that's out there that that has a picture of a leg and it says above knee with an arrow pointing above the knee up to the thigh and then a package of bologna down below. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I know. Sorry, I interrupted you. You can, you can ask the rest no, of the questions. That's fine. Um, when you when you made that transition. Um, did you do it all in one, just stop doing people and work with animals or did you go straight into just working with animals? No, I, it was actually a very slow transition. You know, I fit that first dog and then I, you know, I, I followed that veterinarian who was a holistic vet and she has a lot of special needs animals. So I just did one here, then one there and very, very slowly just developed the skills because a lot of people that just want to jump into this can end up hurting animals. We don't want to hurt animals. We want to help them. So you really have to develop these skills. And like I said, I couldn't just uh, research on the internet or look in textbooks for how to build these. So very slow, taking my time for the first years. Um, then once I got a big enough uh, animal patient population, um, I took that big leap uh, of faith and uh, left the human side of things and jumped into the veterinary side. And I think when I did that, you know, I, that's when I really started seeing tons of animal, um, animal patients, but it was really funny. My last human job, uh, I think uh, my, my boss said, you know, when there was more, more dogs in the waiting room than there were people, he said, I think it's time you need to jump into the, to the all vet side. So it was actually kind of funny. Um, that was just that transition. Like, yeah, he, my boss would come down and he, he let me see animals, but yeah, it started to just overtake the, the waiting room. And uh, I said, like, yeah, now it's time to do that, that big leap. So yeah, it was a slow transition, which was the right choice because you really need to develop these skills and not, not hurt the animals. Good. Um, yeah. 
Ellen, did you want to take it or? Um, if you had more questions, you know, or. Um, I, I had, I had uh, questions on, on the materials that you use. Are they the mm -hmm. same? I noticed you on the show you use plastic polymers a lot. Um, yep. Are those similar to what you would use in uh, human prosthetics? Yeah, we use a lot of the same uh, materials, medical grade foams, plastics, carbon fiber sometimes. I don't like to have carbon fiber in my facility because it gets into everything. Animals are here all the time, makes right. your skin itchy. So I don't use a lot of carbon fibers unless they're huge animals like elephants, things like that. But a lot of the time I do this remotely. So I, sh I ship casting kits all over the world and um, people will take these molds. And sometimes it's the first time taking this mold and they'll ship it back to me and I hand sculpt everything. And so I need some ability to adjust these devices. So that's why I use a lot of these polymer plastics because we can heat them up, flare them. Even the owners can do that. With carbon fibers, they're a little bit more definitive, less, less right. ability to adjust those. So a lot of times we'll just use these plastics. Um, they're quicker to fabricate. Everything's about efficiency in my field. You know, In the human side of things, a surgeon will take a leg off for like $6,000 and then you, you get a prosthesis for anywhere from like 20 grand to 120 grand. In the veterinary industry, it's, it's quite the opposite where you know, surgeries cost a lot and we need to make these prosthetics and braces a lot cheaper relative to surgery. So we don't have insurance covering these things and you'd be very efficient with your builds, very cost effective, and you need to be able to do this for the masses. And I think that's why there's only a few of us in the world that do this. One, you have to have that artistic ability of taking a mold that someone else took that might not be the best of molds and turn it into something that's really going to help this animal because you're doing a lot of these things remote. Um, and then just being fast enough and efficient enough to really go through the uh, um, process of fabrication um, in, in a time where you're, you're not losing money on every single build you're doing and having you know, the people being able to buy these, which is the biggest misconception with my industry is everyone thinks you have to be rich to do this. And it's quite the opposite where we are recession proof because, you know, we save people thousands of dollars instead of doing an ACL surgery on a dog for five to $6,000, you can put a brace on for a few months, have that scar tissue develop, have that knee heal to the point where they don't need the surgery. They don't need the brace. And I just saved your dog a surgery and I saved you a few thousand dollars. So it's, it's quite the opposite. Um, and I always like to clear up that misconception. And tell us about the process on the show. They sh it shows you going out to your trailer, you know, working mm -hmm. on it, you know, on the show, of course, it's just a few minutes, but what, what's kind of like the timeline and, and process out there? Yeah. I mean, I've gotten really, really fast over time. You know, I remember the first couple devices would take a week or two to build and now I can crank them out in a couple hours. Honestly, the film crew slows me down. I could be in and out really fast, but you know, they're developing story and, and doing all these things. And um, yeah, you know, it really would be that, that small amount of time you see, but you know, we, we're doing all these things and it's the right thing to do to showcase these families and, and um, showcase the animals' stories. And um yeah, really, you know, I drive out, I go there, I cast the animal, I take a negative impression, I fill that negative with plaster, I make a positive mold, I hand sculpt that, then I vacuum form, you know, foams and plastics over that positive mold, cut it out, grind it out, put componentry and straps and things in, on it, and then fit the animal, adjust it, adjust it to the animal's needs, and um, 
and go from there. But uh, yeah, it's usually, you know, a couple day process where you cast, do a lot of the fabrication. The next day you're fitting and um, adjusting, getting the animal used to it um, over a little bit of time that we have. But yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite hard because there's a lot of pressure, you know, especially the more seasons we do, like they, oh, yeah. see, they see these miracles happen and that's just not the case. You know, some animals take to them immediately. Some animals take to them, don't ever take to the device. And um, yeah, we're trying to capture these miracle moments on film. And so it's, it's very stressful the night before fitting. Is this going to work or is it going to be a total bust and all the hurdles we have to go through to get these animals walking um, again or for the first time in their lives. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite dramatic. And um it's, it's emotional for everybody, me included. And uh, I think that's the beauty of the show, all the things that could happen and, and all the hurdles you got to go through, but just meeting these special animals and these special families that take care of them is, is the best part. And, uh, and seeing these animals walk is just incredible. It never gets old for me. And you travel all over the country. Is there a certain area of the country you prefer? Um, you know, I travel all over the country with my mobile limb lab, which is the only one in its kind that can do these full builds. And we, I travel all over the world for certain animals. You know, this summer I'll be going to Thailand. I'm, I'm helping four animals, uh, this summer, uh, sorry, four elephants this summer, which is <laughs> insane. I'm, uh, I'm already worried about it, but, uh, got to go through the process, but yeah, I mean, season one, we went to Bhutan, you went to Hawaii last season and, um, you know, Thailand, all, all over the place, you know, I'll travel for the show, not for the show. That's just part of my life. You know, when these animals are in dire need and they're very specialized, it's better for me to go there, see them personally, get my hands on them, Bill, I'll rent out like a lab, a human prosthetics lab in the area, build and then fit. And, uh, it's just what I do. Um, our, outside of dogs are there some animals that are more difficult to to fit (laughs) yeah it's funny i see things like sheep deer llamas goats elephants cranes uh owls eagles but the hardest one i always say are cats uh they're just (laughs) they're just tough i love cats i've always had cats but you know casting a cat is definitely no fun and you know they're they usually are more on the side of rejecting a prosthesis and accepting. So it's whenever I get a call about a cat, I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. But, uh, I still see a bunch of cats. <laughs> 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 They're just hard. <laughs> do, do you ever do uh, laser scans on it? Um, we, we just started to, you know, I did the world's first uh, prosthetics on a dog named Derby a few years ago, which was very successful. And that's kind of how I got into all the 3d technology. Now we're doing a lot of 3d printing. Um, it's very hard to scan a dog just cause they have fur, things like that. They move around. So we still, it's kind of hybrid models where I'll take a cast, then I'll sculpt it the way I usually do. Then we'll scan that, um, that modified mold and put it into the system and then build off of that. That's the way you really want to do it. I get all these 3D companies out there trying to do it all through 3D technology. It doesn't really work. So it's better to kind of do a hybrid model of traditional methods and the new methods of 3D printing. But um, yeah, we're, we're developing new methods every single day and uh, getting better and better as we go. And um, that's kind of cool. The future is going to be more technology driven, um, which will be again, uh, more efficient, less, uh, more cost-effective and, give every animal out there the chance to be uh, able to walk on all four legs or two legs, depending on the animal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Um, right. just, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, you've kind of covered that. Uh, who ins uh, who inspires you? Like when you started going to, you know, into the field with humans, is there somebody that kind of inspired you to do that or? Um, it was a, you know, a neighborhood friend who got into the business. He was a few years older than me and he's the one that I shadowed and he was my mentor. And he kind of taught me a lot of what I knew, know about the human side of things. Um, and so it's really funny him being, uh, you know, the master and me being the apprentice. And now like I get all the spotlight with all the, <laughs> the animal prosthetics and he comes like, Oh, show me your ways. Um, so like, yeah, we just went different directions, but you know, I always looked up to him because, uh, of what he did and how he built all his businesses on the human side. But I think now, you know, who I look up to the most are like sanctuary owners, all these special needs animals that they have and how they put their own interests and their own person um, themselves aside to, to treat these animals every single day. You know, those are the people I look up to now so much. And um, just, just the selflessness uh, of what they do for all these animals is just incredible. I, I'm a big fanboy of Hollywood and Paul Coach and all of that. Have you had any celebrity uh, clients? Yeah, um, I actually. Um, oh man, I'm gonna totally blank. Uh, why <laughs> uh, names just don't go inside my head? Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s pony I did um, a couple of years ago. I did Rachel Ray's dog who died, um, I think last year. But uh, those are the two. Um, two major ones I worked on, but it's starting to turn that way. I feel like where, you know, with the show and everything, I think there's going to be a lot of celebrities out there. Um, kind of like the show, like tanked, you know, um, they're yeah. tanks inside uh, celebrities houses. So yeah, it could easily get there. Um, Selma Hayek has a farm and she needed something, some help with her goat, but that they'll fall through. But yeah, all the time I'm starting to get these emails um, and celebrities are like, Oh, we got this farm. We got this animal. Can you do it? And it's just time will tell with that stuff, but uh, I can see that easily happening. Awesome. Did you have anything? <laughs> oh, I wondered how your friend mentor feels about where you've taken the, the business. <laughs> now. He loves it. We're still close friends. Uh, in fact, I just traded him a 3D printer for a, a huge oven that I'm using for the elephants this <laughs> summer. Um, so you know, he does his thing. He's amazing uh, with human prosthetics. I mean, he's so good. He's the best I've ever, ever met. So I have high, high respect for him. And he has a lot of respect for me. We just went two different ways. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Oh, good. Um, so here locally, we watch the show on KBYU um, television. Uh, is it now a PBS show or is it shown nationally, nationally or? Uh, on BYU TV, it's shown nationally and Nat Geo Wild just picked it up. So they're going to be starting season one, episode one um, in the spring, in the spring. So uh, yeah, it's great. Other channels are starting to hear about it and, um, and starting to pick it up. So it'll be uh, uh, more widely viewed and available to more households, which is amazing. But yeah, through the free BYU TV app, anyone can watch it. And through the BYU TV station, I think it, it goes on Comcast, Files, everything now. I know we just got it through Comcast. So pretty much everyone can watch it, which is amazing because we're getting really good response. These stories are amazing. And uh, it's the type of stories we need right now, the nation, the world needs. And uh, I'm just glad to be able to showcase what I do and showcase what can be done to help animals in need. 
And I, I have to ask the obvious question. How has it gone for business? <laughs> um, it's good. It's, it's crazy. Um, it's like the biggest need we need in the industry is just more people doing this. There's so many animals that need these devices. And so I have so many emails every day, like, how'd you get into the field? I want to do this. So that's the major thing I've already, there's only so many of us in the world. So I always am busy, but it, it definitely helps, um, just kind of keep you on top and, and have those questions going your, your way. And, um, just having, it's more, you know, the, the filter system, like, Oh, I get all these cool animals now because I see all the cool animals I do on the show and help on the show. So it's like, you know, the world's a little bit, my oyster, like, Oh, giraffe or tortoise or whatever. Like, let me, let me pick which ones I want to work on this week. But uh, I'm always busy because there's so many animals that need these things. And there's only so many of us that do it. So, um, I can only handle so much and I have a family. So, uh, I got to sleep sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another big uh, question. Um, how, how did the show start? What was the genesis of the show? Um, so I started to, uh, I'm under contract with the Dodo and the biggest animal following on Facebook. And so they did, I did my first show. Um, it was Dodo Heroes on Animal Planet. So I did season one, episode one of that um, show, which was three seasons, um, individual season documentaries of different individuals. And uh, from there, a couple of us got our own shows. And so the Dodo was pitching to different networks. Um, they were showing the Dodo Heroes uh, show and, and BYU was uh, kind enough to pick up the show. BYU TV was kind enough to pick up the show. And um, I think they had the foresight to realize what this show could do. Um, you know, it literally affects families and, uh, and animals for the better. And people are realizing this. And um, so that was kind of the genesis of it, you know, Dodo Heroes and then your spinoff kind of show from there um, through BYU TV and then other channels taking it on. So uh, it's been, uh, been quite the journey, but I've been, I've always known since I've started this, like this, this should be on a reality show because, you know, we're traveling, the different sanctuaries down the East coast with my family, seeing all these different kinds of animals. And I'm like, Oh, if I just had a camera man with me, like this, this would be gold. And so it's just great um, that it got picked up and uh, the TV industry, like it is right now, I know it's next to impossible, but it's been years where everyone's like, Oh, he's going to get a reality show. It's going to get a reality show. And um, finally happened. And I'm just so glad it, it did because uh, the world needs this type of um, show and these animals need this type of help. So um, even after doing this for 17 years, you know, there's still so many people and veterinarians that have no idea we can build prosthetics for animals. So it really, it really, the word needs to really get out there. Nice. Any crazy behind the scenes stories like rainstorms <laughs> or something didn't record or. <laughs> Oh, I mean, totally. I mean, I'm traveling with this crazy trailer across the country in the winter and there's all these storms and there's times where I'm flying all over the place with this huge thing. And I've had to stop. I was sleeping in my truck, not sure when, I, when I'm going to be able to get to the next location. And the whole film crew is like, you got to get here in the next 12 hours. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And, you know, that's sometimes what's happening or like when I'm gone, I have to have you know, office staff uh, sometimes cast these crazy animals. So I have my, my front office uh, manager 
uh, go and try to cast a camel's leg. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll try and do it. How hard can it be? And she came back with a broken nose. So uh, you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen um, when you're gone because these these animals are always in need and it never stops. And if I'm filming, I still have to build all these devices. And sometimes I'll bring, you know, a whole bunch of casts with me and I'm building past uh, cut time every single day. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite the process and there's so many of them and um, it, it never stops. So uh, got to be there for all these guys. Sounds like you need some clones. Yeah, I do have one. I have a twin brother. He was on the show one episode. <laughs> is that banging can you hear that banging in the background a little bit Pretty but it, it's not bad okay good yeah so it's manufacturing right. next door good so uh next i have noticed another question yeah uh, next monday oh uh, you notice that yeah when this drops uh is the when season two starts tell us about uh season two a little bit yeah, it was really cool. A um, little different. I mean, COVID gave us some restrictions as far as traveling internationally. So we had to stay US based, including Hawaii, which was amazing. Um, but it was awesome because I got to do some cross country trips with a trailer. I've never gone all the way coast to coast. And um, so this was a big cross country trip. And we had all these stops and we got to meet all the families, the special needs animals and, and build right on site. So um, it was just awesome. I mean, this is my dream to be able to help these animals on site. Most of the time I do this remotely. So to be able to drive up to the driveway, go to a sanctuary, go to an animal's house um, and, you know, see them, meet the family, build right there, fit right there in just a couple of days time is just the way it should be. It's the right type of care. It's what animals deserve. Um, they deserve this type of treatment. So um, and you're in for a lot of surprises. You know, every year we're doing some crazy animals. Like, uh, I think one of the cool ones this year was this tortoise that needed uh, a wheelchair, like a cart. So we 3D scanned the, the shell and we made this really cool 3D printed cart for this huge tortoise. And um, yeah, just people own them in California and he gets around all around the backyard and he's in these wheels. And so, you know, you never know what type of animal you're going to see. Every single show is kind of uh, unique. And, uh, and really cool. But uh, yeah, there'll be a few surprises on some, some cool animals we've seen. Is there an animal you won't do? Um, you know, I won't do a lizard's tail because they regenerate, you know. But if you want to send them to me and I'll hold them for a few months and say I did it, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I say no to more. <laughs> I say no to more animals every day than I say yes to because of candidacy, you know, like, not every animal is a candidate. You know, amputation levels could be too high. Um, we can't use the same type of, type of technologies we use, um, you know, like with human prosthetics, gel liners, locking pin liners, suction sockets. You know, these animals have fur, hair, all these things. You can't use a lot of those things. So there are limitations with the field. Um, we're growing every day on what we can and can't do. So I'm able to say yes to more and more animals. But, um, but yeah, I mean, certain things you know like aquatic animals really small animals can be really tough i was called to do a couple of whales this summer which i could really do because we can use some of those human components uh, there is suction um we're going underwater where you we can use suction liners things like that so 
some of these big animals that I've never made prospects before, like especially aquatic ones, I'd love to do. I just haven't had the chance to do yet, like sea turtles and things like that. But um, yeah, there's tons that just aren't candidates because uh, they're too wild. Like a bear would just take this thing off, tear it up, um, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, there's limitations on what we can do, what animals can handle. And uh, I'm always very cautious and aware of that. And um, I'll say no all the time if I don't think it's going to benefit the animal. Go ahead, Grant. Have you ever had to remake a prosthetic because a critter ate their prosthetic? <laughs> it's funny. Everyone asks me that question. Like, how often do they bite at these? But it's so rare. Like, the thing about a veterinary prosthetics, animal prosthetics, is it's a much more true reaction to the device. There's no social factors. There's no outside thinking, you know, it either works or it doesn't. And if it benefits the animal and they can walk better, they're not going to go after it. So it's only a handful of times where the device comes back all chewed up. Um, and it's usually because there's something rubbing and something not right. But they tell me, that's how they talk to me. That's how they, they tell me if something's working or not working. It's all nonverbal cues. They can't tell me what's going on. So it's just a much more true um, reaction and it, it's easier for me because I can see exactly what's going on by the way they react instead of the like a person coming and say oh, this doesn't real really feel quite right but a lot of times those can be mental or um, you because of society like just things you don't want or don't want to wear so those are some of the big differences between human and animal prosthetics. Uh, with the show, how, how far do you see it going on? Is there a point you want to stop so you can just get back to normal? No, I mean, I really, I really do love it because, you know, it kind of brings me back to the roots of, you know, that first dog that I fit, you know, it's just like, I get, again, I fit that dog. I got to see the reaction of the dog right there with the, the owner. And I get to do that over and over again. And it's the way it should be. I'd love to treat every animal like that. And the show allows me to do that. So yeah, I'd love to keep doing it. I don't want it to end. Um, I can hire people to, to work here at my limb lab and take on the day to day. But, um, you know, that never gets boring either, but it's just that much more exciting to be able to just go right on location and build right there, visit different areas of the world. Um, I love to travel and, and meet new people. And so I think it can't get any better. So I'd love for it to continue. Awesome. Grant, do you have anything else before we go into the bonus questions? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the show's called Your Creativity, so we ask our guests, what does creativity mean to you? Creativity means to me just using your brain, uh, your hands, your body, your brain to make something physical um, that can be seen, used as a tool, a device, anything. I mean, that's the best part about my job. I get to be creative every single day, use my hands, build these things from scratch, put them on an animal, get them to walk, run, play, be a normal animal every single day. So um, yeah, for, to be creative, to create something is using your body, your brain to, uh, to produce an object uh, in this world that can be used uh, for whatever you want it to be. Awesome, love it. The next uh, one is, who is your favorite Muppet and why? <laughs> beaker because uh people back in the day uh, used to call me beaker i don't have much of a chin i have a beard now to cover that up but uh yeah my, the profile you know just and then when i was skinnier you know i thought i looked a little bit like beaker so i i'll say beaker 
Yeah. <laughs> and we all have beards. I just noticed that. I didn't put that together. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in the movie of your life, who would play you? In the movie of my life, it, I mean, I got to say Brad Pitt. Because why not? <laughs> might as well. <laughs> <laughs> might as well, right? <laughs> go, go for the top. Go for the, the top level. <laughs> So if people want to connect to you and um, get connected, how, how do they do that? And where can they, uh, uh, when does the show start? The, the show uh, season two premieres April 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. And you can connect with me uh, directly, www.bionicpets.org. Um, that's the easiest way through our website. You can just Google animal prosthetics. A lot of times bionic pets will, pop right up on the top or wizard of pause will pop up there um there's a lot of information on our show wizard of pause and through byu tv but uh is the easiest way to see uh everything through our website awesome well thank you derek appreciate your time and um loving the show so it's, it's great thank you thanks so much guys thanks for having me have a good thank, day thanks a lot you ever all right guys if you ever thought like stop in and say hi to us I will. Thanks so much. Great to have you. Keep doing the great work. Same to you. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Podcast is done, man.